welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, somebody. Oh, say amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands for Jesus. Let's all say thank you, Jesus. Shall we say thank you, Holy Spirit? Let's say thank you, Father. Let's all close our eyes, lift up your right hand, and let us pray. Our eternal God of mercy, once more, the time has come for your word to be declared. It is true that, Lord, your word is spirit and it is life. I am mortal. I am clean. Therefore, Lord, I pray that you put your word in my mouth. Touch me. Touch my lips of clay. Give me insight. Give me revelation. Give me wisdom so that the entrance of your word this morning, Lord, will bring light, to bring understanding, deliverance, and prosperity wherever these are needed. Above all these, let your word exalt and magnify your name in the life of everyone who hears your word today. In Jesus' name, shall we say amen. Let's all be seated. Beloved, we are just entering the Easter season. And in two weeks' time, in fact, less than two weeks' time, it should be Good Friday. And um, like I always say, when I was a little boy, I believed firmly that Jesus was crucified every year. Every year he was actually killed. Rose again and ascended to. And I knew that we were just remembering the we were just celebrating the anniversary. I believe very firmly that every year Christ was crucified, died, buried, and rose again the third day and ascended to heaven. It took me many years. The time has come once again for Christians and indeed the entire world, the whole world to get to hear about the death of Christ Jesus and uh, the things that followed. But this morning, I bring you a word which I preached um, some seven years ago. Seven years ago. It's entitled, The Death of the Cross. The Death of the Cross. So the title 
for this morning, this morning's message is the death of the cross. And uh, we take our text, our scripture from the book of Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, 5 to 8. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. The death of the cross and Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point even death of the cross. In death of the cross. Beloved, the whole of Easter, Good Friday, Resurrection, Ascension, Everything was made possible by one simple word, and that word is humility. Humility. No wonder the Bible said that God resists the proud because the opposite of humility is pride. The opposite of a humble person is a proud person. No wonder God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The basis of your salvation and the foundation of my salvation, our qualification and entrance into heaven and into eternal life was all made possible by one word, humility. And this humility was found in God. In God himself, was found this humility. And the scripture that I've just read is popularly known as the humility of Christ. Humility of Christ. The Bible says, we should all have this mind in us, which was also in Christ, which was also in God. If this was the mind of God, and we are being commanded to have this mind in us, the God who made us and God who knows the end, even from the beginning, knows the benefits, the advantages, the blessings that you and I receive when we humble ourselves. Jesus, who is God, had this mind in him. And therefore, God's salvation plan was able to be completed for you and for me, and indeed for the entire world. For God so loved the world, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, 
Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. In other words, have this character, have this attitude. Go through life like this. Let your life in Christ Jesus be like his mind, how he went through life. He said, anyone who wants to be the great amongst you must be a servant. He was in the form of God, and he is God. He is. He was God. He was God. But you see, he did not consider it something to cling on to. I'm God, so how can I go and die? I'm God, you know. He did not consider robbery to be equal with God. His equality with God did not prevent him, stop him from becoming humble. There are many people in the world today who are not able to come to Christ. They are not able to come to God because the message of the gospel looks too simple. Too simple. And uh, they look at true Christians and true Christians, most of us are poor people, simple people, we are not great people. We are not mighty. We are not noble, like Paul said. We are not wise according to the wisdom of the world. So they look at, sometimes they look at charismatic churches, and uh, they don't want to fraternize. They don't want to be part of a charismatic church. Because they look at us in the church, and we are nobodies. But Christ made himself a nobody. He made himself nobody. Bible therefore says that being God, he didn't consider it something that he should cling to, hold on to. But himself, but made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. He didn't come with any titles. He wasn't a Pharisee, not a scribe, not a Sadducee. He made himself of no reputation. Church, if you look carefully, you see that people who cling onto their reputations, people who find their social standing, reputation so important, they are not able to serve God very well. In fact, even in churches, they decide the level beyond which they will not go. They, they may be, he may call a Christian, but if you examine such a person, his, his or her Christianity is limited according to his own choice, according to his own selection, according to his own classification. Many consider the speaking in tongues as belonging to underlings. The dancing in church, they consider an abomination. Clapping and even singing or expressing emotional feelings before God, they consider as something that belongs to underlings, not to the high and the mighty. No way. And therefore, you go to many of the churches where you find dignitaries. Dignitaries. There's no dancing, no clapping, not even singing. Not talking about praying in tongues. Dignitaries. And they are there in their thousands, multitudes, because they don't want to let go of their reputation. I was in a church many years ago for a wedding and I was seeing that someone and said, oh, you see, that, that man there is a, a member of uh, is what, a, a, a Supreme Court judge. This one is there. That is a former IGP sitting there. 
The, the, that man, and he felt proud that he was in the presence of dignitaries, not in the presence of God, but in the presence of dignitaries. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Taking the form of a bond servant, not that no reputation, but he took, took on the form of a bond servant. God becoming a servant. Can you believe that? There are some of us who don't want to be servants. We want to be bosses. We don't want to be servants. We don't want to do anything. We want to be served and not to serve. Son of man came to serve and not to be served. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. (laughs) Hallelujah. Born servant and coming in the likeness of men. God coming in the likeness of men whom he created. God made man. From the earth, from, from mud. God knew he made man. He knew he made man from mud. Mud, earth, soil. And breathed into his nostrils and that's how man became a living being. Now he, God, now came in the likeness of mud. <laughs> of a man. Think of it. How many of us will agree to do that? For no, no even if you offer you the whole... The, the, world, the money in the whole world, many of us will not, will not accept to do that. And yet God did this, not for himself, but for you and for me. And being found in appearance as a man, he didn't stop there. He humbled himself and became obedient. He became obedient. Church, say obedience. Say obedience. Became obedient to the point of death. Obedient to the point of the many of us are even are not, are not obedient in coming to church. You're not obedient in doing that. How much more we say, oh, obey to the point of death. I don't think there's anybody who obey to the point of death. No way. Even I will not do it. I know I'm preaching it. I will not do it. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Praise the Lord. But God did that for you and for me. God did that for you and for me. And that underscores, that, that, that emphasizes the importance, the necessity, the urgency of what he had to do. He had to do it. Otherwise, we all will be lost. We all will be found in hell, in the lake of fire. It became necessary for him to do it. Therefore, God put all his glory aside and did it for you and for me. And if God will do this for you and for me. And it comes to just serving him. Just worshipping him. Obeying him. And we find it difficult to do. Then when he comes again, this time, not to die on the cross, but to judge. What excuse will you and I have? So as we remember Easter, we look at the sacrifice that God himself did for you and for me. We are not saying that Easter, Good Friday, and then every Good Friday, not back or Good Friday, not back. No, we are looking into details of what Good Friday means. What it means when we say Good Friday, Easter Sunday, resurrection and ascension. That's what we are talking about. And all, all these all these have been done for us. We only have to enjoy it. And even that have become difficult for the majority of humanity. But today, if you can hear the sound of my voice, may you repent and humble yourself. 
Because without humility, you cannot get anywhere. With no humility, you cannot serve God. Humility means humility. And it takes a humble heart, a humble mind to be able to submit, to submit and to surrender to God. Sometimes you are, you, you are tired, but you have to go. You are sick, you still have to obey. You, you, you are poor, but you still have to save. Because that is the mind of a humble person. May we all be humble before God. How about two hands for Jesus? To the point of death. And not an ordinary death, even the death of the cross. There are different kinds of death. There are different kinds of death. <laughs> Hello? There are different ways in which, in which people die. And if you work in a hospital before, people come and die. That's why we issue death certificates. We issue this one died, cause of death. We say, uh, or the immediate cause of death, and maybe uh, 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 secondary cause of death. Sometimes we issue three causes. It started from this and that and that. But the one, you know, we issue that. Different kinds. Some die from accidents. Some die from cancer. Others die from even starvation. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the death of the cross, it is the worst, church. It is the worst kind of death. The most humiliating, the most painful. And it was reserved in the Roman era. This kind of death, crucifixion, was reserved for hardened criminals. Hardened criminals. People who have committed hideous crimes, serious crimes. And they were not just killed, but they were, they, 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 they were, they, they were made to suffer. The moment they pronounce crucifixion on you, the Roman soldiers take you as good as dead. You are dead already. So they do anything to you. Some of you have watched uh, the Passion of the Christ. You saw what they did to Jesus. They cut you, they flog you, they, they do whatever they like. They, they treat you like you are already dead. Before finally they crucify you. The crucifixion itself is painful enough. But before then, what you go through, what a person goes through, terrible. And this was the death that Christ knew. He knew in heaven that these were dead that were coming to die for us. It was not something that was pronounced on him on the spare of the woman. No, he knew it. He voluntarily offered to do it. Because that was the only way your sins and my sins could be atoned for. The only way your sins and my sins could be atoned for was for him to shed his blood. Without shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. That's why in the Old Testament, you see, in the Old Testament, or God's principle concerning forgiveness, from the beginning that, the sinner and the sin must be done away with. The only way that God accepts sin being cleaned, cleaned forgiven, is when the sin and the sinner are both wiped. That's in the Old Testament. He said, such a person must be cut off. Anyone who did this must be, who did that must be cut off. 
stoned to death. It may sound wicked. No, but for your sake and for my sake, just say amen. amen. The only God's principle is that for a sin to be forgiven, the sinner must die before the sin also is dead. So that the two of them are buried together. And therefore, unless somebody died for you and for me, because we are all born sinners, we are born into sin, we, are, we ourselves have committed sin, unless someone died in your place, that means for your sins to be forgiven, you have to die. And if you died, then where would you be? Because you are already dead. But for you to live, someone has to die. Taking away your sins on him. So that you shall go sinless. Just say amen. amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Even death of the cross. Death of the cross. Let's go to Matthew 27. Matthew 27, verses 15 to 35. Death of the cross. Terrible thing. Matthew 27. And that's why two, two thieves, they were armed robbers, were crucified with him. The Bible says he was numbered with the transgressors. Crucified one on his left, one on his right. But even then he forgave one. When one of them called him Lord, he simply called him Lord and he forgave him. Today you shall be with me in paradise. Today you shall be with, with me in paradise. They were armed robbers and they deserved to be crucified. They said, we deserve. We are, he said, we are receiving a just punishment for our sins. But this man has done no, no wrong. Crucifixion. So Matthew 27, 15 to 35. Are you there, somebody? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they, whom they wished. They are now going to look at death on the cross. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner. Notorious prisoner, an armed robber who had killed many people, called Barabbas. Barabbas. And the Roman soldiers have managed to catch him with difficulty. And were facing crucifixion. He was going to be crucified. Therefore, when they are gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. Because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, have nothing to do with that just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Thank God for women. Just say, thank God for women. He was sitting on the judgment seat, but his wife was, was having dreams of him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And destroy Jesus. Is that why in your Bible, destroy Jesus? Who can destroy Jesus? <laughs> can anyone destroy God? But they thought they were destroying God. You see, uh, if you refuse to serve God the way he wants you to serve him, uh, you are not hurting God. You are only hurting yourself. You are not destroying the church. You are only destroying yourself. If you insult the true worship of God, you are not insulting anybody. You are only insulting yourself. 
They thought they were going to destroy Jesus. To destroy Jesus. 21. The governor answered and said to them, Which other two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Today, today also, if if someone should ask the same question, the majority of mankind would say, let him be crucified. If there should be an opinion poll, the majority of people in the world would say, let Christ be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that, he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see through it. I am innocent of the blood. Innocent of the blood. You see through it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Listen to that. His blood be on us. His blood is on us, but the blood is on us to cleanse us from our sins. Hello? But the blood of Jesus on sinners is the blood of judgment. The blood of Jesus on the believer is the blood of atonement. But this same blood on the sinner is the blood of judgment. Let the whole world know this fact. Then he released Barabbas to them, verse 26. And when he had scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Now, scourged. The word here sounds very simple. Scourged. When he has scourged. Oh, when he has scourged. <laughs> when he has scourged. When we were we in children, these days I hear you don't, you don't, they, don't, they don't flock children in schools anymore. Is that right? They don't, um, they don't cane children anymore. Do they still cane children in schools? Solomon, do they still cane children in schools? You don't. <laughs> and when we were children, at the beginning of every term, every student was, was commanded to bring one cane. One cane. So imagine if I, if I were a school of maybe 200, 300 people, 300 canes for the term. And some of us, what we used to do, we used to take blade. I don't know whether, I, you know, and we'll cut, you know, when we cut, I don't see, we cut the they cut. So when they use it, after, after one cane, the whole thing will break. So they say, the canes won't last. But all they say, we're being caned. But flogging here, they use a different kind of, not, not an ordinary cane, so like a whip with, 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 um, with, with needles, with, um, with blades on it, with hooks, and it will cut into the skin. So he will bleed. Because without shedding blood, there can be no remission of sins. His blood had to be shed. He had to lose blood. He had to His blood had to be seen. He had to, he had to hemorrhage. So he was flogged. Not an ordinary king. Flogged. Roman flogging, like I said, was reserved for criminals who were sentenced to death. So they, would just, they, they killed you before you were dead. Before you died. And that's what they did to Jesus. So when they are flogged him, when they are flogged, he sent where were we? To be crucified. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah. 
Then I saw Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. The whole garrison. Many soldiers. One person. And everyone was free to do to him what he liked. And they stripped him and put a robe on him. Red robe on him. When they saw a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. And a reed in his, in his right hand. And they bowed their knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him. Men spitting, spitting on God. <laughs> Imagine it. He had didn't anything. Jesus did not revive. He didn't complain. He didn't shout back. He didn't say anything. He didn't even resist it. They sat on him and struck him on the head. They struck him on the head with the stick, with the reed, with the cane. Himself. He went because of you. He had mocked him. They took a robe off him. Don't close on him and led him away to be crucified. Now, as they came out, a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compared to bear his cross. And when they come to Goda, which is to say a place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink it. They gave him wine mingled with because by the time they, a person to this point, the person is suffering so much, he has suffered so much, so terrible, that they give him wine, sour wine, mingled with God as a sedative. It's like Valium. And it, so that his pains will be dulled. His suffering will be reduced. So that he'll be drunk. He'll look drunk. Got, got, you know they are going to put nails in his hands and feet. And the nails says they are not as smooth as that way. They were made by blacksmiths. They were rough and long and long. Rough and long. So, before they crucified the person, they give you wine mingled with God. So, when you drink it, you become a bit euphoric. become sedated. You don't feel what is going to happen. You still feel it, but not like a sedative, like anesthesia. When he tasted it, he said no. He refused. He had to go through 100% of the suffering. It had been ordained. That's what the requirements. There was nowhere where God had promised that the Messiah would be anesthetized. Anesthetized. No. He had to endure the fullness of the suffering to fulfill that requirement of God. And remember, this was God's requirement. This was God's requirement. It wasn't Satan's requirement. It was God who made it that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. So, that blood, that person has been sinless, as you all know. It's not the, the blood of a bull or a haifa or a goat. No, it has been the blood of somebody who was sinless. And only God himself was sinless. In the entire universe, from since the world began, only God himself is sinless. So it means that God was making that law against himself. Because of you and because of me, God made that requirement. Knowing that he had to go through strict that, that thing. He had to go through it. That was, that was God's principle. That was God's law. God did not change his law. He had to go through it. In the same way, church, God did not change his law. Because of your hardened heart, because of your insubordination, because of your lack of belief, God is not going to compromise. If God 
who apply his own strict law to himself and go through the suffering so much. What makes you think that God will say, oh, enyahwe, enyahwe, oh, it's okay. Enyahwe. No, there's no enyahwe here. God do not compromise on his requirement. Church, therefore, we better be careful. That is why on the last day, there shall be great weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Because at that point, no turning back. No second chance. No second chance. Jesus therefore said, even if your right eye offends you, plug it out. Better to go to heaven with one than to hell with twice. Your right eye offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into heaven with one arm than into hell with two hands. God himself didn't make excuses. Well, so I didn't leave anything out. So even in and the God, he refused it. Refused it. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Verse 35. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that he might be that the faith which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garment, my clothing. They cast lots. While he was hanging on the cross, looking down, looking at them, they are stripped of his clothing. They left only his underwear on. Naked. God, naked. Hanging on the cross. Everyone looking at him. Looking at him. Shame. He was brought low. So low. So low that no, none of us will have to get to that point. Then right before his eyes, they were sharing his clothes. They divided his clothes among them. Then there was his robe. His outer robe could not be divided. So they cast lots. Cast lots. His singlet and his, uh, his other thing, they divided. But his outer robe, like this one, could not be divided. So they had to cast lots for, like, this is my jacket. He had, he had to cast lots to take it. Praise the Lord. Before his eyes, the death of humiliation. Death of humiliation. That's what we mean at death of the cross. But now, what, what was the meaning of all this? Why did Christ, why did God have to go through all Why? Galatians 3, 13 to 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. If you are there, say Amen. Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14. Uh, is Amos here today? Can we have the AC on? Or is not here today? Last week, he promised that today you had them on. Or is in a Sunday school? Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the care of the law. Hmm. Having become a curse for us, it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham and Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Church, look at that. Christ did all this to redeem us from a curse. 
Man was cursed. And man remains cursed until he received Jesus. Who will redeem us from this curse? Imagine if you come from a family. In that family, there's a curse. There's a family curse. Everyone who is born in that family comes under that curse. Who, who, who at all will take you out of this curse? You are, you are powerless. You are powerless. Powerless. If the curse in your family is the curse of poverty, may Christ redeem you today. If there's a curse of early and premature death in your family, may Christ's death redeem you today. Hello? Whatever curse it is that is hanging over your head in your, because of your ancestors, your family, or even the community where you live, because even where you live, there can be a prevailing curse and operating there. May Christ's power redeem you today. God made a law. He said, anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a, cre- on a tree. And the cross was made from timber. The cross on which Christ was crucified was made from tree, from timber. So the spiritual aspect of all this, apart from his blood cleansing us, atoning for our sins that hanging on a tree made curse. Christ was cursed. As long as he hung there, he was cursed. And that's why I said, oh, don't, 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 hang, uh, don't hang crosses on your, uh, on your, on, on your neck. Just, you, have a, you can hang it, but not the one with Jesus. Jesus has come down from there. He's no, he's no longer hanging on the cross. He has come down. He's no longer cursed. <laughs> If you want to have a cross, have a cross, but don't have a cross with Jesus hanging on it. And if you go to a church where they put a cross with Jesus hanging on it, as they do in the Catholic Church, uh, Jesus is no longer on that cross. He has come from the cross. He has redeemed us from the curse because of the crucifixion. Curse is everyone, anyone who hangs on a tree. What is that curse? Two aspects of the curse. Curse is here in this life. Curses here in this life, in this world. Like I said, if there's any curse following any of you hearing the sound of my voice today, right here in this world, may Jesus, may the death of Jesus redeem you from that curse. Oh, it's, it's true. It's true. We all come from backgrounds in this world. We all come from families. We all come. Where I come from, I know my, I know half gone, half Ashanti, both sides, there are family cases. And the same thing applies to all of us. If you think that there's no case for you, you are making a mistake. Half gun, my gun side, my, I don't know which one is worse. And one day we were praying when our family got, family got, because there was a, a member of our family who came to the church, and they said, oh, be a neighbor, oh, Joe, oh, Joe here, low mom. Be an old bar. Be a neighbor, oh, Joe here, low mommy. Having come here, you have taken yourself out away from the curse. And I know that curse. Then they began to mention our father's names, including my own father. And the curses that were following them. 
Oh, mene, mene, way, this one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. See, you see how they, they, they didn't end up anywhere. They died in uselessness, including some of our brothers. I said, uh-huh, man, I'm at us, huh? But you and I, we are in a curse in this life. Christ has redeemed us from the curse by hanging on the cross. Just believe that. Have faith and it shall work for you. Then the curse of the curse of hell, the curse of eternal death, taken away. So that now we are now have the blessing of heaven. The curse on. Having removed the curse, God has not left you. He didn't do there. But he's With God is loose, is lazadaisical, is on and off, is doom so, doom so, doom so. And therefore, we don't experience the fullness of the blessing of Abraham. We don't. But today, having heard this message, may the blessing of Abraham truly come upon you. We, we, see, we joke with the blessing, we want the blessing, and yet. We don't want to do what it to attract or to receive the blessing. So even when the blessing begins to come, then we ourselves we cut it off. We cut it off. Church, if you want to receive the blessing of Abraham, you have to work closely with God. Nothing must come between you and God. Nothing must come between you and the worship of God. The things of God are clearly understood by you, and they must be clearly and closely adhere to. When God sees that in you, when God sees that in you, he says, ah, I found another man, another woman after my own heart, who will do all that I command him. Yeah, I was telling you, I was in Friday, now look at the humility of David. David, King King David. David, when David sinned, David sinned, and this, this one blows my mind. I keep saying it. When David sinned with Bathsheba and killed her husband, look at this. Committed adultery with his wife. And then killed the husband and married the wife. And when God pointed out his sin to him, what did he do? What did he do? He wrote it in a psalm, Psalm 51. He wrote his entire sin. All the things that he did in the bedroom. Everything and a cover of it. He wrote it down. Psalm 51. David's confession. He wrote it down. Gave it to the chief musician. He gave it to the chief musician. And they composed a song out of it. A song that they used to sing in the tabernacle. About David's sin with Bathsheba and his sin by committing murder. And he, the king, will be there when they were singing about his sin. Or songing about his sin. How many people can do that? So why would God, why would God not call uh, Jesus son of David? Look at such humility. Such humility. Why would David not be called, Jesus not be called son of David? Beloved, <laughs> Bible said, therefore, when Christ and Thomas, God, Bible said, therefore God has also has so exalted him. May God exalt you today. 
May God be the lifter up of your head today. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Death on the cross, humility. Death on the cross, humility. They go together. Can I say humility? Christ became a curse for us. He took away the curse that was against us. The handwriting of requirement that was against us, he took it away. Nailed it to the cross. So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Finally, not just the blessing of Abraham, but also those who believe, those who believe might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit promise. The Holy Ghost was promised. He was promised. Look at this. Listen to me. He was promised. But promised to only those who believe. Promised to only those who believe. And it means that once you have the Holy Spirit, that means that, oh, also can home. Praise the Lord. Also can home. There's a song that says, I'm coming, so make a home be. You know that song? Is that, that was, is it I'm coming, that order? I'm coming, so make a home be. I'm coming, so make a home be. I'm coming, so make a home be. Make a so make a home be Anna. Oh, as simple as that. <laughs> uh-huh. Make a home be Anna. One more time, Anna Miso, Mika, I am it. Anna Miso. Ah, wonderful. Oh, Anna Miso, Mika, Hobi, Anna. Is that all? Okay. <laughs> Clap your hand for Jesus. You know. <laughs> I, 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 I always imagine, you know, on a judgment day, when Christ has done all this and Christ is sitting in judgment, and people are fired, people are coming, there's be three groups of people, three groups of people as they come. There are some who approach the throne of judgment laughing, smiling. They are sure because they have the Holy Spirit. They have received the blessing of Abraham. They have the spirit of God in them. They are sure. He's the, the Holy Ghost is your guarantee. For a day of redemption. So those who are when they can be smiling straight, straight non-stop to heaven. Especially FCAC members here. Praise the Lord. Oh, none of us here shall find ourselves in hell. Nobody. We are all going to heaven. So Wahana Ukopie Hela. I dear they may be your home. A bani saint by the time mini ba. Praise the Lord. May we all truly enter into heaven. Because FCAC is the house of God and the gate 
of heaven. The second group are those who say, Ah, Anna, I'm not going to be here. Hey, I'm not going to be here. He has seen some entering heaven. No, I do not know about that. That's no time for prayer. Oh, can, I, can we go and come tomorrow? Lord, can I come tomorrow? No, come. Oh, you see. She, but they are not sure. These are the ones who are not sure. They are not sure. They have been in the church, but they are not sure. They don't have the, the assurance, what you call the assurance of salvation. They are not sure. They are not sure. Right now, if Christ should come, bang. How many of us here are sure? Let me see by hand those who are sure. Oh, I thank God I have not worked in vain. Omar, they come. Those are the ones when they say, okay, go into heaven. They say, hey! Because he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> go heaven. Praise the Lord. Then they are the other, the third group, they are the ones that they know that. So they I'm going. Don't even put I have judged myself. They they are judgment will be quick. Three groups. Praise the Lord. Promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if you are in a church, you say you are Christian and you have not received this promise of the Holy Spirit. Promise. And it's been received from the day of Pentecost. People have been receiving. True believers have been receiving. And you have not received. Then remember that death on the cross is not being meaningful to you. It's not being beneficial to you. Therefore, you better review your stand. Whatever is stopping you, Whatever is hindering you, whatever is slowing you down, whatever is, is being a weight too heavy to you can't move, begin to examine yourself this Easter. Examine yourself this Easter because Christ will come as a thief in the night when you don't expect. That's when he will come. And when he comes, he will not turn back the clock because of you to give you a second chance. Thank you for joining us for the Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.